recorded live at Esto in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This is Brand USA Talks Travel. Esto is the premier annual learning and knowledge sharing forum for destination marketing professionals. We've brought the podcast to Esto to keep you current with new trends and tools in the travel industry. Here's your host, Mark Lapidus. What would most people find surprising about South Dakota? What surprises most people is they have this perception of the upper Midwest, right? It's all flat, frozen prairie. And as far as what we do have for our landscapes and what people do find there, they're floored. You know, we have the Black Hills out on the west side, you know, where Mount Rushmore is located. And people have no idea that you have this beautiful old mountain range. It's just this playground. You know, it's all accessible, too. It's not something like the more extreme mountain ranges where you're confined to one trail between 14,000-foot peaks. It's old. It's aged. It's well-used. It's got a certain patina that... Patina. I like that word. You get extra points for using the word patina. <laughs> Mike Gushes is the Global Marketing and Brand Strategy Director for South Dakota Department of Tourism. Welcome, Mike. Thanks. Thanks for joining us here at Esto. Tell us about your unique tourist pass. I've heard some things about it, but I don't think I completely understand it. There's a tech partner we have, uh, Bandwango. 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 Sounds like a rock band. Yeah, I know, right? That's where we thought we're going to go on tour with these guys and see what happens. <laughs> they made this software that really does make it easy for DMOs to put together these passports or paid passes or that sort of thing, right? And as what we're trying to provide consumers, like some of the hardest thing is that all the information that's out there, right? Trying to cut through the clutter and really get specific in planning. And something like a gamified passport program where you can really encourage people to start traveling to places that are a little bit off the beaten path, right? That would be harder to try to discover or figure out how to get there. You know, some of these passports is something that once they download it, beyond just discovering new places, they have that map function where they can get right there. Is it an app? So it's a mobile-based web application. So it's a WAP. It's a WAP. Very close to an app, just something that people access through their browser, and then they can put on their home screen, access almost like an app pretty easily. So pretty amazing stuff. But it's something for us, like as a DMO, we try getting into very specific or niche campaigns, interests, that sort of thing, right? It provides us an opportunity where we can start engaging partners in a way that we haven't been able to do before. So working with the arts councils and our artists in South Dakota, this is where we just rolled out a state of create passport that's highlighting and focusing on the arts. And again, really helping visitors to the state and residents too discover all of the great art that exists that isn't just say a giant mountain carving like we have at Mount Rushmore or Crazy Horse Memorial or say Art Alley in Rapid City, but all the things in between are all the different corners of the state and the public art that exists out there. You know, one thing too, we've been trying to engage with our Native American friends, right? The various tribes that exist in South Dakota. There's a lot of interest in tribal culture. It started internationally and now it's really become even domestically. We're seeing a lot more want and curiosity around that Native American story. Unfortunately, it's one where we're kind of in that weird place where there's nothing that really truly exists, tours or those sort of things that international or domestic travelers could buy into. So you have to develop it, I guess. Huh? Yeah, and we're working to develop something like that. But having something like this in this passport, that gives us that opportunity. So is the whole thing called a passport or are there individual passports in the application? Yeah, so that's where we have individual passports. So we have that technology with Bandwango where then now we can get the thematic passports that we put out there. Oh, I see. So yeah. a consumer downloads the app and then inside the app they get the passports. And they download the passports individually themselves. So that's the nice so thing every, too. So every passport's like a piece of content? A yeah. unique piece of content. Rich okay. media content that they can engage with, right? To where they can learn about these new places, discover new places, and then too, really, you know, the bottom funnel stuff, 
either go there, either book, drive direct, you know, they have it set up in a lot of different ways. And then the nice thing is it gamifies everything, right? So if they go to so many different locations, we have these fantastic prizes. That was another opportunity for us to engage with businesses across our state or artists, that sort of thing, where, you know, we got some pretty cool stuff where they can get custom field notebooks or even custom van shoes as part of our state of create. I mean, great, great stuff that just allowed us to have fun and really reward them. Is it multimedia? So yeah, it is a multimedia passport where, uh, again, as someone, you know, they get this web-based application and they can start really discovering. So we can put content in there besides just say general listing information or the contact information you might need of hours, website, phone number, directions. That is where we can put in a little bit more. You can put in little video clips or audio files or whatever it is that, again, really might help give people the idea of what this experience could be that they're, you know, or this location or this place, this business. And so does it track the user? So that they're able to actually receive content where they are? Yeah, so you can, you know, do things where you can, what's nearby, you know, that sort of stuff. We have geofenced areas, right? So when they get to a certain radius of a defined place, oh, it triggers, it triggers that where they can then check in. So again, it's one of those where, you know, you're trying to encourage people to get out there. You're trying to reward them for it. They can just check in, track that stuff, add up their totals or add up the points or the locations, the stops, unlock these fantastic prizes that we're able to put together and reward them for. Are you able to do push notifications through it? We can. And that's why, too, like it was nice to discover that platforms like this existed out there that could make our job a hell of a lot easier, where push notifications, all sorts of things on the backside. So if we're seeing, you know, activity that people are so close to a stop or, you know, something or maybe not engaging or not using, there's those notifications you could push out there or you can message with them just to try to get things going again. And I'm guessing there's an analytics dashboard on the back. Oh, yeah. And that's always a fun part, right? I mean, I think as, you know, like my job in marketing and when you're putting together and someone asks like, well, how's this doing? You know, to be able to go on the back end to a dashboard and see like we have people from all across the country coming here. Here's how many check-ins. I think too, we've been surprised at what have been our top check-ins with our Code of Great Finds passport, which is our first one, right? We put this together trying to get people off, say the interstate away from just Mount Rushmore and the really big stops that we're known for and try to get them out to the different parts of the state to disperse visitation and hopefully make things a little bit easier, a little bit lighter for people. And it's working. You know, part of our mission to Brand USA is to push people beyond the gateway. Yes. So mm-hmm. this is a very similar thing, except on a state level where you've got these tentpole yeah. places to go. Everybody has them on their bucket list. Yep. But then you want to get them to go to other destinations they may not be aware of. And that's what we've been maybe most surprised by. That was the goal for this. And then to see the number one check-ins. There are the breweries in a small town that maybe just opened a couple years ago that, again, if people are going to the Temple locations or the Gateway Cities and that sort of stuff in South Dakota, they're not going to be able to find that. So it's really been fascinating to see these small mom paws, these places off the beaten path. And so how do people get product in it? Do they pay you to do that or is it free or what's the financial arrangement? For us, it's free because nice. we're tax funded and everything. I'll have to say it was probably the funnest project we've had internally was working on, okay, what are we going to do? Who's going to be a part of it? So we went through a real discovery process, right? Where we had a survey that we sent out to our industry asking people statewide, what are your hidden gems? Where do you take your family and friends? What's the place that you think everybody should know about? From there, we then, of course, go internal, even just uh, survey to our full team with everybody going to all four corners of the state just to see what sort of locations that we could dig up. And then from there, we layered in Google ratings, reviews, 
notes that we have really evaluated our people set up for walking traffic or to be discovered or is their business model something different where maybe they can't be a part of a passport like this because if someone just came in off the street they wouldn't be able to provide that experience to them so the process that we went through this i mean it ended up being meeting after meeting hour after hour of us evaluating information that we did take in from the surveys and whatever else and then applying the ratings but it was fantastic i mean i have been working with the department for six years i've been in the tourism industry in south dakota probably eight years beyond that so almost 15 years lived in south dakota my whole life and there were so many places that i got to discover myself through this process that got me excited where i'm like wait what this actually exists are you kidding me had no idea and i can't even tell you how many times as a team we had that reaction which is the other thing too i think when you're putting something together like that and you feel that energy yourself just in that discovery or that process you know that that's translated on the other side and we're seeing that the challenge that we all face when we develop apps is adoption by consumers Mm -hmm. how do you get over that challenge you know that's one i think we've really been helped you know with the pandemic and how that's changed things so much right you know qr codes first made their appearance years ago and then quickly went away here in america anyways because no one liked using them especially say older demographics or whatever now with pandemic and all the need for touchless experiences menus being online or that sort of stuff we've really seen this technological adaptation from audiences that probably might not have existed before something like that so when we first set this up we were looking at do we have a print component or or a physical passport or that sort of thing too that we could have with it. And we've really found that we haven't had the need yet. We haven't had people complaining. So how do consumers find out about it? So that's where we push it through a lot of our own channels, where we're having that secondary contact with someone. So the first thing about South Dakota is just even getting people interested or letting them, you know, we have the big things, the temple stuff we put out there just to get someone's attention. Once then we get them into our environment where they're maybe engaging with our website or maybe signed up for an e-newsletter or requested a print vacation guide. Any of those channels where we know we have their attention and we can really start getting into the granular, the details a little bit, that's where then we found that that's the perfect opportunity for us to present something like this as, hey, you're seeing all these great places to go. No, there's more. Here's a tool that you can use to discover those and hopefully make your travels once you get here extremely easy. When did you launch this? Our first one came out earlier this year, right in January. We just rolled out our second one here, our South Dakota State of Create, the arts focus one, just a couple weeks ago. And then next up, we have our Tribal Nations, Ocheti Sakoin passport that, again, focus on the Native American places, the restaurants, all of those. If one of our listeners wanted to download the app to give it a spin, where would they find it? So they could go to TravelSouthDakota.com and search Great Finds or even just Passports. That's where then someone could find the full list because as we've got these now coming online, we have a landing page that shows all the niche passports and it makes it easy where they can get to it, download it, start exploring and having a great time. Any plans to do it in other languages other than English? We haven't even thought about that. So that was a fantastic question (laughs) and a little light bulb because it is one of those where I think depending on how this works, it definitely could be worth our time. I have been surprised based on the analytics to see, you know, we thought this would be first a great way to engage in-state visitation, especially too as people are still getting comfortable maybe getting out there or that sort of thing. We've seen how because we are such a road trip destination, we figured that obviously this is the perfect sort of thing for that as well. What has been surprising is to see the international uses of it. We wouldn't have expected that, right? But even just the past couple weeks, I think we had five different countries represented to where it was about 3% of our passport activity that was happening was international audience, which is consistent with what we see in South Dakota anyways, being so landlocked as far as international visitation. It's it's still small. We still have a lot of growth opportunity there, right? But they're using it already. So at some point in the future, I mean, that's one of those based on what sort of activity we get, the audience we 
have coming, we for sure could do that because you just load up content. So if that content is in German or whatever it might be, we could totally do that. I think that opportunity or ability is there. Excellent. I hope you test it. That was a good idea. So again, that's going to be some of us are workshopping. <laughs> Let's move off the app for a second and talk just in general about South Dakota. South Dakota is one of the few states that actually stayed open during the pandemic. Tell me about that. So obviously uh, there's maybe a lot of headlines and whatnot about that, but we were fortunate because of maybe our offering, because we are such a rural state and so much of what we do have that makes us special that people are really drawn to are our outdoor recreation opportunities, you know, the national parks, the state parks, everything we have. So 2020 and 2021, we're both all things considered really good years for us. 2020, we were again, very, very fortunate. And that really set us up well too for 2021. I think the amount of interest and awareness around South Dakota is just a vacation destination really kind of changed in that time. So we had really good years. Our rebound was definitely a lot quicker than a lot of our industry partners across the United States. This is a question I've asked a number of our guests here at Esto. Did the pandemic shift travel interest in South Dakota? Tell me how. Yeah, you know, it's one of those where maybe a really bad joke that I like to make sometimes in the you know presentations. I love bad jokes. Any of my friends will tell you that. You know, sometimes when you are up in the upper Midwest, right, like it takes a pandemic for someone to start looking at you, you know, <laughs> and be like, wow, that doesn't sound so bad. Which, you know, I mean, it's maybe a bad joke too because it's one I think maybe undersells what we have, you know, in the state. But yeah, definitely we got looks from people that maybe we wouldn't have before. And once we got that look and they just started to Discovering. I mean, that's where we saw that interest where they're like, oh, wait a minute. This is not what I expected. This is not what I thought it would be. Again, if we can just get that awareness and we get people looking, I mean, that's where we can provide a little bit of surprise and, you know, a fantastic experience. Two other things about South Dakota that I don't know. I've heard it described as having exotic nature. What does that mean exactly? It's funny. You know, that's something, too, that we talk about sometimes internally or with our state industry partners, right? Because I think in destinations, sometimes we're like, well, I don't know. Like, why would anyone want to come here? I mean, look well, at- Well, we have beer. We have a pizza shop. We have a record store. It's, you know, yeah. it's usually the same story. It's the same story, right? Or, and then you can maybe look at others and be like, well, but we don't have that and we don't have that or we don't have that, right? I think sometimes we can, as an industry, be guilty of that. But, you know, the thing with- South Dakota that I always thought was really funny was National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. I'm probably getting that title wrong. The classic Nicolas Cage. Is that the one with I'm tired, I'm hungry, this car smells funny? No, that's the first one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, this is the one that was made popular by uh, introducing a lake behind Mount Rushmore. So, oh, which okay, is right. just hilarious to be at Mount Rushmore and hear someone, especially like, you know, teenage kid being like, hey, is there a lake? Is that, that must be where the lake is. It must be behind there. You know, different generations just knew the bad t shirts with the backside showing. But no, this was the one that introduced the lake behind Mount Rushmore. And it was one that the actress in there, you know, she was from France and asked in a Vanity Fair article 10 years ago or so, you know, what's the most exotic location you've been to? And she said, and I, this is what I share time and she said south dakota which i remember when i read that i thought like what that's crazy and i share that all the time i think with industry partners it's one that we talk about because it is exotic especially for the international audience i mean to get to the very middle of america i mean the geographic center of the nation is in south dakota not too far from where i live and i think when you are coming from across the seas to get to some place that is so inland and so rural that doesn't have the populations that you do in those coastal cities it can be a really exotic amazing experience it's always fun to talk to the international crowd that come in because that wonder and surprise that they have just because of that exotic nature where they're probably going like, where am I? How did I get here? This beautiful, beautiful place. So we try to talk about that all the time. Just remind our industry partners, like if you're coming from California or if you're coming from New Zealand, if you're coming from Germany, why South Dakota? It's an exotic destination that has that element of surprise. What is the grade eight in South Dakota? I mean, that's where, again, I think as far as what people are surprised to discover about South Dakota don't know is that we have the concentration of national parks 
park units like we do. It's not just Mount Rushmore, but it's Mount Rushmore, Badlands National Park, Jewel Cave, Wind Cave, Miniman Missile, Missouri River Recreational Area. I mean, these are all national park units that we're fortunate to have in South Dakota. Plus, we have a couple other things like Crazy Horse and Deadwood that have their own mystery and are something that people are aware of. So for us, those are our big draws. Those are the temple attractions or places to see that people know about. So the grade eight, we package it up in a number, put it on an icon. We can make it a passport to get people to come. Nice, but... you're convincing me. So, i got to yeah. go to South Dakota. I've never been. <laughs> That's the thing. People are always like, oh, I've, I've been to 45 states, but North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, again, like that upper Midwest, people tend to maybe not think of about it. But again, come visit, see the grade eight. I would just say start there. Check out grade eight, start looking for that. And that's where we can usually start making that sell. I mean, there are some fantastic locations that I think people would have no idea existed. Before we go, tell me about your experience at Esto. I love Esto. This is year number eight for me attending. And it's always just mind-blowing, the speakers, the sessions. You're watching everybody get older. I, I have, right? And then I think that's, too, that realization of, like, oh, I'm older. I'm part of the graybeard crowd or something here. So, yeah, it's been eight years, but I think the ESO experience is just, you walk away from here with a notebook full of exclamation points and ideas and things you want to go back. Like, now a foreign language passport, you know, I'm going to add that to the list. But I can't say enough about what the team does putting on this conference, the takeaways you learn. And I think, too, the sharing that just everybody as industry partners do. I mean, that's maybe something unique for our industry that, you know, everybody comes and they share their wins, their losses, you know, what worked, what didn't. And I think just fostering that collaborative spirit, you can't come to this and not walk away like inspired to get back and just start working for what's next full of amazing ideas. Thanks so much for joining me today, Mike. Really appreciate it. No, this was great. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. We've got a lot of great guests this year at Esto. I hope you'll either listen to these special episodes daily or binge listen when we push them out to your favorite podcast platform. I'm Mark Lapidus. Thanks for listening. This is Brand USA Talks Travel at Esto. If you enjoyed this episode from Esto, please share it with your friends.